And this morning I want to take our Bible reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Give you guys a minute to pull that up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll start in verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is our Bible reading today. Starting in verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then, Christ, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain? Yea, and we also found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And I want to take our text from Acts chapter 1 verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And this morning, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach for a little while on the title of the message, The Proof is in the Resurrection. The proof is in the resurrection. Mr. Larson, can you stand and pray for the message messenger this morning? We thank you, God, for a time to come here and, and celebrate the resurrection from the dead. For you are the firstborn from the dead. And we thank you, God, for sending your son, dying on the cross, and for rising again and giving us victory. Bless the pastor now. Anoint him with your spirit as he preaches your word. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. There is a saying, the proof is in the pudding. It means that you must experience something to support the claim of it. Likewise, one cannot experience whatever is in question or when you can't. One must look at the evidence or effects Slash the results of the action. In other words, actually I'll go ahead and say this. In a court of law, the jury was not present when the crime was committed. So the prosecution has to bring forth evidence. Such as fingerprints, damaged property, objects that may be used to commit the crime. To prove that the event occurred. Today... None of us can say that we have seen Christ resurrected with our eyes. We cannot say that we were there when the stone was rolled away. We cannot say that he appeared to us and the other disciples. As we saw in our Bible reading, how, in our text, how he appeared to many over a span of 40 days after his resurrection. We cannot say that. But we know that Jesus is alive because of the proof. That is inside the resurrection. Now we live in a world where people need concrete evidence. Taking someone's word just isn't good enough anymore. You go to a bank, 
Let me borrow some money. Okay, you need to sign this, you need to sign that. We need all this information on you and you need to put up collateral. Even you say, don't worry, my word's good for it. I'll come back, I'll pay you back. No, it's not good enough anymore. You could tell somebody you did something, but they want to see proof that you did it. I mowed your lawn. Okay, let me go look at it. No, you can't just take my word for it. No, I have to go see it. Now, you cannot blame people for that kind of thinking. That, hey, I want some proof. I want some evidence. Because we live in a world where it's full of lies and deceit. Even the word of God itself tells us that multiple witnesses are required. There in 2 Corinthians 13 to 1, this is the third time I am coming to you, Paul says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now, there is evidence of sin. There is evidence of sin right before our very eyes. Sin doesn't try to hide itself. There used to be a time where sin would, you know, kind of in the hidden closet of someone's life. People would try to sin in secret, maybe at night when the preacher, when the church wasn't awake, when the family members wouldn't have seen someone committing a sin. But now it's in broad daylight. It is in broad daylight that sin is committed, men and women falling deeper and deeper into despair. And I don't have to sit, sit here and convince you that sin is real. We see it. We see death and destruction all around us. On every street corner. In every household. In every rehab facility. And in every prison. And on every news channel. You say, well, uh, prove that there's sin. Prove that there's wickedness. Prove that there's murder and hatred. Just click on the news. When you go home, just click and pull out your cell phone. I get all those sorts of the Google email alerts. So and so, you know, they found this body and they found this and this person killed this person. There was a, a shooting up right not too far from us in Kent the other day. A guy shot right there in his apartment complex. Killed him in the middle of the night. Sin is real. And as a preacher who has been called to preach against sin, I have no doubt that sin is real. And if sin is real, then so must be hell. And as we look at sin... And what the Bible tells us about it, sin isn't just an action. It isn't doing this and just doing that. But sin is a nature. There in Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. A sinful nature is what brings about sinful actions. You wonder why someone could commit murder, mass shootings, or whatever the case may be. It's because they are wicked on the inside. They do not have Jesus on the inside. They have let themselves over to sin. They have let themselves over to hatred. We've seen so much of that in this past year or so. So much going on. Hatred. Sinful nature brings sinful actions. The Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit. And with sin, there is an opposite to it. Now you would say that the opposite of sin is righteousness. But no, the opposite of sin is Jesus. That is, righteousness comes from Jesus. The opposite of sin is Jesus. But what makes Jesus better than the others that people have based their beliefs around. 
We come here and we preach Jesus. But what makes him better than Muhammad? Better than Buddha? Right. Better than Brahma or Joseph Smith or any of these other figures of people's religions? What makes what we're preaching, who we are preaching better? All claim to have been a deity. All claim to have had a vision. All claim to have performed some sort of miracle. All of them have claimed to have heard the voice of God. But there is one thing that those men and many others, those who have just mentioned, cannot claim they have done. There is one thing that they cannot claim, and none of their scriptures backs it up. None of their scriptures say that they have done any of these things. See, we enjoy Christmas. We, re we enjoy rejoicing in the birth of Christ. But the birth of Christ didn't cause us to come here today. The birth of Christ was miraculous, no doubt. But it wasn't the defining moment of Jesus. See, those others that I had mentioned claimed to have done amazing things. But none of them had been resurrected from the dead. And that's why we're here today, because Jesus has been resurrected. If he was not resurrected, we would have no purpose to be here. Right. Psalm 16 to 10 says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. This verse, written by the psalmist David, over a thousand years before Christ walked the earth, Speaks of Christ. This verse is about Jesus. He said, Thou will not suffer my soul in hell. This is Jesus speaking. Neither will thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Who is the Holy One of God? It is Jesus. Are we the Holy One of God? No. Are we holy? Absolutely not. But Jesus is. Jesus is the Holy One of God. And if God raised Jesus from the grave... According to this verse, that he would not suffer, leave his soul in hell, neither will he suffer him to see corruption, as in let his body decay, let him just go off into the way of death, then surely Jesus is the Holy One. And I'm glad that I can say that Jesus is the Holy One. I'm glad that among all the other things, all the other uh, religious figures in the world that people worship, that we have a Savior that had been raised from the dead. None of them, if you read any of their scriptures, none of them died for the sins of the people. None of them died so that we can be healed. None of them died so that we can go on to heaven when this life has passed. But Jesus did. And I'm glad for that. And I'm going to serve Jesus just based on those merits. That Jesus is raised from the grave. Why? For his own pleasure? No. But for us. To deliver us. To save us. See, the resurrection of Christ becomes our evidence that Jesus is Lord. There is a reason we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus instead of mourning it, like other denominations and religions do. There is a reason why crosses in a Christian church do not have a little figurine of Jesus still on the cross. Because he's not on the cross anymore. He is resurrected. We could take off. There is power in an empty cross. And I'm glad today. But you know what? 
and we see this in the, I said, uh, others, they mourn and they weep over the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But it was the greatest thing that could have happened to us. Because that's why Jesus came to this earth, was to die for us. He said, no man taketh my life, but I give my life so that I may free them from sin, that I may free them from bondage. The cross and the blood that was spilt on it is a pleasure for us. It is a wonderful thing to see. We are a bloody religion, but that's okay, because it's that blood that set us free. And it's that blood that's going to take us all the way till we see him face to face. Praise God. As I said earlier, you cannot, you, you, you want to prove something, you need to show the effect. How can I prove that my car was hit by another car? Well, look at the damage. But for us, how can I prove that Jesus has been resurrected. How can I show the world that there is a risen, risen Savior today? How can I do that? Because without the resurrection, I would not be saved today. I would not uh, be delivered from sin. I would never have been healed. I would never have had a changed life or a new nature. No other belief system has ever caused such a dramatic change in a person's life, quite like Christianity. There is something that, that draws men and women to Christianity that no other religions can provide. And it is a changed life. It is a freed life. The resurrection of Jesus proved that he is the Son of God, that he is equal to the Father, that he is the Savior, and that everything he said he would do, he would do. He said, I'm going to go deliver my people. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto, him, unto me. That's what he said. So when I was drawn unto Jesus, he proved that statement. Because I was drawn unto him. Because he was lifted up before me. And I, as I looked, and I, and I didn't physically see it, but as I pictured Jesus there on the cross, dying for me, I said, there's got to be something to this. There's got to be something to this man named Jesus. And I searched, and I looked for all these different things to try to find fulfilling in my life. But I could not find anything until I heard about Jesus. And I said, let me go check this one out. Let me go check this guy out. And boy, I'm glad. And I got more than what I asked for. Boy, did I get more. And Jesus came into my life, and it has not changed since. So when I look at my past life, when I look at the times when I needed him, when I wondered whether or not this was uh, just some new trend after I got saved, I had these questions. Was I, did I just fall for some sort of gimmick? Did I just get wrapped into some sort of pyramid scheme? Was this real? What I experienced the day I gave my life to Jesus, was it real? What I do is I go back to before I gave my life to Jesus. I look back to my own sinful past. How much I hated other people. How much I wanted to destroy myself. And I saw how my soul was on its way to hell. And I said, there had to be something real that night when I gave my life to him. There had to be something real. Because I have not been the same since. 
And every day I wake up and I look about what God has done for me. And I don't need some DNA test kit or forensic team that proved that Jesus was raised from the dead. All I need to do is look at my life now compared to how it was. All I have to do is look to where it was. And I've given this illustration before how uh, Facebook came up with this thing where it shows you your past memories. And it'll go all the way back to when you first signed up for Facebook. And my, I first signed up in 2007, long before I was saved. And, I, and it brings back the memories. This day, uh, 10 years ago or whatever, you posted this. And I saw something that I had posted once. And I said, there's no way I posted that. There's no way I said that. Because I couldn't believe how far God has brought me from that. And I looked at that, and God spoke to my heart, and he said, this is how you used to think. This is how you used to talk. But you don't do that way anymore because you've accepted my son, Jesus, into your life. And God really dealt with me that day because now I could just look at myself in the mirror, and I could see a changed person in it. I could see a changed person, and I'm glad today for the blood of Jesus. Because if Jesus was not raised, then all this Talk about salvation and deliverance and being born again is nothing but a bunch of hogwash. But I stand here this morning, like many of you, like the millions around the world, and those listening to the podcast that we're recording, I stand here to proclaim and testify as living proof that there is a resurrection. And Jesus is that resurrection, that he was raised from the dead because he had no sin in his life, because he went to the cross obediently to, according to the Father that he came and died for my sins and I don't need to get all fancy anymore with this message I think my point has been made that Jesus is alive because I'm living proof of it that my life has been changed of it because when I was sick and I prayed God touch me God heal me and he did when I had that kidney stone a few months back and I tried preaching and you brethren came and laid hands on on me and God moved in that service because we were preaching and it was just perfect the message the title message is there is a healer in the house and there was a healer in the house that day and I've seen people get up out of wheelchairs and you had that lady down south in one of our churches with stage four bone cancer they told her the day that she was gonna die she showed up to the revival down there she got touched by the power of God and she's still alive today there is proof of the resurrection and we are it. This morning, our faith, our belief in the risen Savior is not in vain. Healing and the expectation of it is not in vain. Jesus is who he said he was. He is whom the Father said he was. If Jesus be not raised, I would not have been changed. You would not have been changed. None of us would be here today. I would still be living in sin, miserable, trying to poison myself with more and more sin. Jesus is alive, and those who have been saved, transformed, renewed, healed, and freed from sin are all the effects of a risen, resurrected Savior. And as we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning in reverence to him. He is risen today. 
He is alive and He is there at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is Lord of all. And we do face a real problem in this world and in our own selves. Sin is also real. Sin is also real. Death and destruction is real. Sickness and disease is real. But Jesus came to destroy those things. He died to destroy those things. He rose to destroy those things. And I don't know what's going on in anyone's life. Only God knows. But if you need a touch from the Master this morning, if you need a touch from Jesus, He's alive. He's ready to give it to you. He can hear your prayers. He can see your heart. He knows what's going on in your life. If you need deliverance from sin, if you have sin in your life, if you've given over to the way of the world, Jesus can forgive you today. He will forgive you today if you ask Him. If you need healing in your body, Jesus can touch you right here and now. If you have answers, I mean questions, that you just don't know the answer to, Jesus can answer them today. But like I said, most importantly, that sin problem we may have, Jesus can deliver us from it. Jesus can make us new. He can renew us. All you got to do is ask Him. Say, Jesus, I may have stumbled. Jesus, I may not have been following you the way I should, but today I want to make a declaration, Lord, that I want you back in my life. I want you back in my life, Jesus. Or I want you in my life. If you've never asked Jesus into your life before, now is a great time to do it. Today, say, Jesus, come on into my life. I believe you are the Son of God, that you died and on the third day you were raised again with all power and glory. Come into my life. Make my heart your abode. And he will. He'll save you today. He will save you today. Whatever you have need of this morning, Jesus is the answer. Let us find a place to pray. You can turn around your seat. You can come up to this altar. But let's pray. You and God. If you need special prayer, just raise your hand. I'll come pray with you. But let's find time with the Lord.
rugged cross. Symbol of suffering and shame has become a symbol of peace and glory. Jesus, Son of God, has defeated sin and He can defeat sin in your life right now. It is sin that keeps us from going to heaven. But He said, anyone sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. If we go to him and say, Lord, I have done this and I have done that. I am guilty. But Lord, I ask you right now to forgive me. Help me never to do it again, Lord God. Give me the strength and the power. Let me walk in newness of life. through the blood of Jesus that we will be delivered from all things, sickness, disease, sin. The blood of Jesus has it all. Amen. This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com.